Again, welcome to Coffee with Jesus. Thank you so much for joining us today. For Liberty Church, we almost always begin a year off with two things, Vision Sunday and some kind of corporate communal fast. And we know many churches around the world take time out in January and Feb and come together to fast. And for some people, the fast is a food fast where they don't eat. For others, it's a social media or coffee or TV. Everyone chooses something that in giving that thing up will help them focus more on Jesus. Some do a fast from sunup to sundown. Others take a specific meal out of their day uh, or they fast for the whole day. Sometimes it's a Daniel fast where they don't eat meat um, or grains and they just eat uh, vegetables and fruit. Each fast is different, but beneath each fast is an idea. There's this notion and it's a desire to connect with God in a deeper way. So it would make sense that if that is what a fast is all about, then we should pay attention to when God defines the kind of fast he's looking for. And that is the idea for this episode of Coffee with Jesus. What does a fasting lifestyle look like? What does a, a God-ordained fast look like? If you're on YouTube, our podcast, welcome. So good to have you with us. As far as possible, we release this every week on a Tuesday. And the point of this podcast is simply for you in the comings and goings of your week, maybe with a cup of coffee or tea, maybe during some exercise, maybe in the car when you're going to work or coming home from work, dropping some kids off, whatever it is, just to take a few moments out, 10, 15 minutes, and let's talk together, let's journey together about something that helps us become more like Jesus, something that helps us grow in our discipleship, something that helps us reflect him to our world that much more. And so if you haven't yet, please would you do me the honor of subscribing to this podcast on whichever platform you're on, and let's dive into today's session. So again, we want to hear from God what kind of fast he desires. Uh, to, to do that, let's dive into the prophetic book of Isaiah, uh, chapter 58, verse 5 to 10. And it says this, is such the fast that I choose a day for a person to humble himself? Is it to bow down his head like a reed and to spread sackcloth and ashes under him? Will you call this a fast and a day acceptable to the Lord? Is not this the fast that I choose? And this is where God defines fasting, right? The, one, the kind of fasting he wants. To loose the bonds of wickedness, to undo the straps of the yoke, to let the oppressed go free and to break every yoke. Is it not to share your bread with the hungry? Is it not to bring the homeless poor into your house when you see the naked to cover him and not to hide yourself from your own flesh? Then shall your light break forth like the dawn and your healing shall spring up speedily. Your righteousness shall go before you and the glory of the Lord shall be your rear God. Then you shall call and the Lord will answer. You shall cry and he will say, here I am. If you take away the yoke from your midst, the pointing of the finger and speaking wickedness, if you pour yourself out for the hungry and satisfy the desire of the afflicted, then shall your light rise in the darkness and your gloom be as the noonday. The first thing Isaiah wants us to know is what fasting isn't. And this is what God communicates. He tells us that, that what fasting isn't, it isn't a show. It isn't a performance for everyone to look and see how wonderfully spiritual we are. Sometimes we feel we need the validation of other people's acknowledgement of our fast in order to make it powerful or worth it. Fasting is not, and I want to say this categorically, 
Fasting is not and should never be a show, a play for attention or a display of our own spiritual depth. No, that's not what fasting is about. Even if we fast corporately, as we do as a church, often in January and Feb, it still is not a time for us to compare or display. When we fast corporately, we still follow this principle so that those who are not fasting with us don't see it and those who are fasting with us see the reality of it, not the show of it. So first off, in everything that Jesus or God says through Isaiah in this passage, fasting is not a display. It is not a show. Once God gets that out of the way, then he goes on to tell us what fasting should be. Number one, the first thing he says is that fasting should oppose injustice. He says it should break oppression and injustice. The words we read here are emphatic. God speaks to the idea of restoring justice. And the process he describes here is important. He says, first, we're called to loose the bonds of wickedness. Secondly, we're called to remove the yoke from the oppressed. Then we are called to let the oppressed go free. And lastly, we are called to break the yoke. We start in this. The, the kind of resisting and opposing oppression that he's asking for starts by loosing the bonds of wickedness. Wickedness here means any kind of wrong or injustice. A fast that God approves of is one where we see an injustice and we begin to actively reduce its hold on the oppressed. We begin to unravel and disconnect the things that are holding it in place. The fasting we are called to is, is one where we dismantle bit by bit the things that are keeping the ones God loves in bondage. This may be a sin or a societal system. It may be a way of thinking, a past experience. When we, when we fast, we find ways of lessening the grip of injustice, pain and suffering and sin on the people around us. We have to loosen it. We have to create space for people to breathe. I love in the creation narrative, God creates space in the waters, both for us to breathe the atmosphere and to stand on dry ground. And that's the picture of this loosing of injustice. Secondly, he says, you need to not just loosen it, you need to remove the yoke. There will come a time when the thing we've been working to loosen is ready for a complete removal. That mindset is ready to be destroyed. That sin is ready to be cast out. That unjust system is ready to be brought down. Part of our calling is to actively remove those things that keep the people in bondage. The third thing, once they are removed, once the yokes are removed, we're called to lead people into freedom. This is important because just removing the yoke is not enough. We need to lead people into freedom. Leaving Egypt wasn't enough. They needed to be led into the promised land. Getting rid of a sin is not enough. It needs to be replaced by holiness. We don't just get rid of bad thinking. We change it for a positive thought pattern. We don't just get over past experiences. We reframe them to allow us to move on. There is a, there is a declaration of freedom. Jesus says, I've come to bring freedom to the captives. We don't just remove the yoke. We also lead people into a life of freedom. Jesus never just healed a person. He led them into holiness. But then lastly, it says we are called to destroy the yoke. This to me speaks to the idea that if we dismantle something, lead other people into freedom, we need to go to the extent that no one ever has to bear that same yoke ever again. This may mean destroying things that have hampered your family line for generations so that your kids and grandkids don't have to go through the same thing. It may mean dealing with something in your company or work, some systematic injustice, so that no one else ever, have to go, ever has to go through what you went through. Bottom line is we don't get free just to be free. We get free to make sure others don't end up in the same kind of bondage we were in. So first off, 
What kind of fast does God look for? The fast where we oppose, actively oppose injustice. Secondly, he moves on from injustice to the idea of generosity. He calls us to the kind of fast where other people are blessed through our fast. We have less and we give more to those around us. He says things like we're called to share food. Uh, We're called to share our clothing. Go out of our way to bless those less fortunate than ourselves. And it doesn't say take your extra and bless others. It says just share. Be generous. It even goes so far as to say bring the homeless into your house. When we fast, there is an element where we feel less because we've given something up. However, God here is saying that when you fast, you should become so aware of those who really don't have, and, though, and, and we are called to go out of our way to meet their need, even to the point where you invite them into your space. Fasting should always produce generosity. And I love how God ends it. He says, don't hide yourself from your own flesh. In other words, don't build higher walls to keep people out. Don't lock your house and keep everyone as far away as possible. Open your doors. Build bigger tables, not bigger walls, and welcome people into your home, into your space. Now, if you're like me, you already have thought of a very good excuse. God, what if we open our homes and because of the violence and lawlessness in our country, we are hurt or robbed or taken advantage of? God, this was great then, but but here and now, we've got to be careful. We've got to be responsible. I believe God would say to all of us, yes, absolutely, be mindful of your situation. Be mindful of the potential dangers, but don't let your fear or anxiety be a reason for disobedience. Be careful, absolutely, but don't be rebellious. So God says, oppose injustice and be generous. That's the kind of fast I'm looking for. He doesn't give us the details we might expect. He doesn't tell us what to give up or how long to give up for. He doesn't mention things that impact our bellies or our minds. And and often that's what we think of most when we think of a fast. What do I give up? How long do I give up? He, he doesn't talk to the mechanics of it. He Instead, he speaks to what fasting should do in our hearts. And then that is expressed to the ones around us. Fasting should by nature lead to people around us being freed and being blessed. What if that is how we understood fasting? That fasting is less about us and more about the people around us. What if our fasting was not so that we could twist God's arm or or manipulate him like an ATM? What if our fasting really just led to people around us being freed and being blessed? What if we understood fasting as a way to align our hearts to the heart of our king and his people instead of trying to get God to align his heart to ours? And so I want to make a... A profound statement here. I think God is more concerned with what our fasting does for others than what it does for us. Yes, there's going to be beautiful effects that we're going to sense God more. We're going to appreciate his presence more. We're going to worship him deeper. Our prayer life will go to a new level. And so absolutely, does fasting do things in us? Absolutely. But what if God is saying through this passage, I'm more concerned for what what fasting does through you to those around you? Are there people who are freer because you fasted? Are there people who are blessed because you fasted? My prayer is that each of us would fast this week and any time you fast, knowing that the people around us should not see a display of our piety or a display of our spirituality, but they would see a display of God's freedom and a display of God's blessing. And I pray that for you today, that you would experience those things. 
And as you experience them, you would be able to pass them on to others in increasing measure. God, let us never use fasting as a way to draw attention. But may fasting be a vehicle for us to bless others and lead others into freedom. Would fasting be the vehicle where systemic injustices are broken down, where things like racism and classism, poverty and all these things are lessened because we've chosen to make you first and foremost in our lives. And so God, we lift this up to you and we pray, use us during this season of fasting and anytime we fast, pray in Jesus' name. Hope this has given you something to think about and meditate on. Uh, have an amazing week, everybody, and we will see you same time, same place next week for Coffee with Jesus. God bless you, everyone. Bye.